I'm gonna use the doilies underneath the tea kettle from in like special ways. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the creatively titled podcast brought to you by us over at A to Z Horror.com and by the Phantom Podcast Network. Take a minute and head on down to downrightcreepy.com slash phantom and check out all the other awesome shows the network has to offer. For example, you should check out the Attack of the Killer podcast, uh, who most recently took a long look at weird science and uh, other examples of kind of that weird science thing in movies. For now, though, you're here with us. I'm Jack, and I'm goddamn back this week. Uh, I survived my terrifying trip through what was both a ghost town and full of... Uh, it, was, it was a ghost town full of malevolent spirits, and it was full of psychopathic hillbilly murderers. No turbo but gloves? I survived. How many turbo gloves? No turbo gloves. No. Afraid not. It was dystopian, but not in that way. Not in an alternate reality way. In a ghost kind of way. Ghost dystopian. Yeah. And hillbilly kind of way. Um, anyway, as seen to my right is Jake. Jack, I knew you were into some sketchy shit. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is uh, someone else for whom this is hard enough already. It's Mark. Hey, buds. <laughs> for those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. This week we watched 2011's Your Next, which was my home invasion pick, as I recall. And we'll get into that soon, which will be a lot of fun. But first, we've got to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, uh, let's do Beers for Fears, but not before informing uh, the gentle listener that uh, this podcast will contain spoilers for the movie You're Next. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys forgot to do this yeah, part yeah. last week. You, you picked, and even you our beer selections. It. It's fine. Yeah, even our beer selections uh, may possibly contain some spoilers uh, for the movie You're Next. So, Mark, what are your beers for these fears? I set out to get a farmhouse ale uh, for very specific reasons. The masks in this are all farm animals. There's like a lamb. I guess a wolf isn't really a farm animal. There are animals. Nor masks. is a tiger. There's a lamb, a wolf, and a tiger. Well, lambs lambs are farmhouse <laughs> adjacent, right? What did but Old MacDonald have on the farm? <laughs> he had a lamb and a tiger and a wolf. It was a strange farm, but he had it. Um, on top of that, so my main goal was farmhouse ale. I achieved it. I am drinking the uh, bonus points here. Dangero farmhouse ale. So dangerous. Uh, this is by Two Row in uh, Utah. Nice. Yep. It's about as good as farmhouse ales go. I don't particularly that care for farmhouse ales. a wide ales. category. Uh, S- still. Basically just tastes like a Belgian to me. Well, that is wide too. I'm not thrilled. Good work, Mark. Thanks. Jake, how about you? It's a what hard, are your beers for these It's a hard beers? movie to beer. I wish <laughs> I would have thought of going farmhouse uh, with it. I did not. I found Why? Because it's a great idea, is why. <laughs> it's a decent idea. Um, it's not that good. It's better than mine. I went with an IPA. It's better than mine, too. Uh, Spoilers, but it's still not good. I have a dogfish head IPA that I'm jamming right in there. This is called Flesh and Blood. three animal heads? Oh. <laughs> there is both flesh and there is some bloodshed in this movie. Yeah. Flesh Plus, and blood. you know, a couple of different animal heads. Sure. Yeah, they cut the like, scenes that had the, the guy with the fish mask. Yeah. Yeah. But that's as what good as I do? do. Well, that's pretty good. Uh, it's better than mine. I've tried to shoehorn this one into a, a movie previously, and it didn't go all that well then. And I think there was, it was arguably more fitting of that movie. I'm drinking uh, Sockeye's Dagger Falls IPA. Uh, there's a lot of falling over in this movie. There's a lot of falls. And there's some daggerings. There's some various daggerings. They wear socks 
I, all of the characters have eyes, so... Exactly. Nailed it. Got Perfect. It. We've gotten into this Plus, mode where we just pick words that are in the beers, and we tie those in <laughs> rather than the beers themselves fitting thematically. Well, there was a lot of beer it's missing from my... Oh, uh... shit. <laughs> well, we'll do better. We'll strive to do better. Starting now. Nowhere to go but up, buddy. Yeah. Because that, that went poorly. Now, ordinarily, this is the part of the podcast where we would individually talk about what we've watched outside of our, our typical review uh, curriculum. However, this week, one particular thing has been rocking all of our horror worlds. Uh, we caught a, an early screener of the upcoming to-be-released movie. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it's dropping October 6th. Yeah, so by the time this comes out, past. it will yeah. be out. Good work, well, Jeff. Currently, it's in the future, though. We're not here to do so. math things with time. <laughs> You can see it. Uh, now. Yeah, we are. We we saw the movie uh, Better Watch Out. Yeah, we did. Which yeah, we is did. a a kind of a Christmas horror movie. It very um, much is. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so it's a little confusing that it's coming out in October, but I I think somebody somebody so, told us that it's it's actually been delayed for a while. Yeah, yeah this first premiered at TIFF like a while ago. How long ago, Mark? Oh, putting me on the spot. Oh yeah, uh, like, I'm gonna say know. I'm gonna say ten months ago. TIFF just ended this year, so I assume it was last year's TIFF. At least, yeah. That's the Toronto International Film Festival, for those of you who aren't, don't speak acronym. Yeah. <laughs> now, I got to tell you, I felt, I feel a lot better about this movie coming out in October now that I have officially seen the first Christmas commercial of the season. That happened earlier today. Today is to be wow, behind the curtain. Wow, the Christmas creep, huh? Uh, yeah, it's happening. So I feel, I feel fine now. Jesus. Just the season. That, you're, you're just happy to go along with it since some bullshit commercial thought they could sell you Christmas shit um, early? No, to clarify, Jack, I'm happy to go along with this movie as a horror movie that is Christmas themed because sure. it was not the first Christmas thing I saw this year. Okay. But we're not just here to criticize the movie's release date. We're here to review this goddamn thing, at least a little bit. We're not going to spoil it. No, we'll, no, no. we'll talk about it briefly. Keep it shockingly spoiler free. Yeah. All right. So overall thoughts, Mark, what are your initial reactions to this movie? Should we give a high level plot synopsis? Not a plot synopsis as much as the trailer sure i'll i'll give it a little i'll give it a little little toss this is a movie about a uh a 13 year old kid who's a babysitter with whom he he wants to get down uh shows up to babysit him and things go awry yes well quite awry so uh what'd you think of the film mark i so i i would say they did a very good job of cutting the trailer um you never really can fully understand what goes into that until you've seen the movie. And having seen it, I would say kudos to those folks. This movie goes uh, in directions I wasn't expecting. Uh, I think my biggest criticism, honestly, of the whole thing is that it's not just a straight-up Home Alone remake. I was sure. really hoping for that, like a horror-inspired <laughs> Home Alone remake. Home Alone is pretty... Like, with different background music, Home Alone is a horror movie. Well, but also... And this is in the trailer, so I'm not really giving anything away. They do recreate a few scenes from Home Alone, notably the, the paint can scene. It's uh, amazing. And bringing the type of bullshit that they did in the Home Alone movies into modern cinema and putting a realistic spin on it is something yeah. that the world needs more of. Like, what happens when you actually do something with a paint can to someone? Yeah, can I just yeah. remind you guys that in Home Alone 2... They electrocute the dude's skin off. Like, he turns into a skeleton at one point. Sure. Yeah, not a... M fucking 
Kevin McAllister lures them. In Home Alone 1, he's defending his house. In Home Alone 2, he lures them to this fucking house yes. of horrors. He throws a brick at Joe Pesci from five stories up. Jack. It hits him right in the head. Jack, Home Alone is, like, it is the perfect example of Home Invasion as a an IP. Because the first movie, Home Invasion. The second movie, Reverse Home Invasion. You've come full circle. <laughs> and what was number three? Like How does number th- where does number three uh, fall in Spectrum? That's a good question, Mark. I hadn't thought about it. it- do you have anything? Is, is number me. four Smart House? Yes. Okay, we're not here to talk about Home Alone either. Well, though. So, Mark, <laughs> overall, enjoy the film or not. You gave us oh, a, a I, little I bit of... Oh, I definitely enjoyed it. It wasn't Home Alone, to be clear. This wasn't a shot-for-shot remake of Home Alone. Correct. Uh, and like I said, that was my biggest criticism. I thought this was... I, I overuse this word a lot, but it certainly applies here. This is a very charming horror movie. Okay. Yeah. What do you like guys, that. Jake? How about yourself? Uh, sure. I'll I'll agree with that. I I agree wholeheartedly with what Mark said about the trailer. This would have been a very easy movie, and many films would have fucked that up, and they would have given away what I think is a very important twist. Um, what I will say is that this is a very good example of how you can subvert a genre of horror, and I liked the way they chose to go with it. Ultimately, I thought it was very well acted by. Pretty much That's every the character thing. involved. It's shocking because they're all very young actors. Absolutely, yeah. It's, so yeah. it does feature the duo. I should throw this out there: the duo of actor and actress that starred in The Visit as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, Olivia. so did they play the main two characters in this movie? No. Uh, obviously, she's the babysitter, and then the brother from The Visit is the the friendly sidekick kid. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And then Levi Miller. Not plays Levi the Miller. Lead. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And he does a great job. They all do with a lot to do. He's given a lot to do. Yeah, he there is there is a point uh where it involves a baseball bat and that's all I'm going to say, but he does a little dance thing afterward and it might be it, it was like the best like non-verbal acting thing I've seen an actor do in quite a while. It was it, it's <laughs> hilarious. It's the best. <laughs> Yeah, he does a tremendous job. But Jake, like you said, everybody does a great job acting, which was yeah. really surprising to me. I was worried 10 minutes in that their acting was going to fade somewhere through the movie, and it doesn't. Right. And I'll agree with Mark's point, too, about the charm. I, I think that this does a very good job of blending the horror elements and the humor elements, which coming up on the holiday season, I, I think this would be a very easy one to recommend whipping out again and giving another go. It has both yeah. of those qualities, which I think are important during the season, unless you're super fucked up and just want something twisted, which this is not. Not super twisted, no. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely agree with everything you guys said. It's uh, I was delighted by the movie. There's some stuff I did not expect coming at all a few different times. That was great. Um, there's The effects are used sparingly, but for the most part, very well. There's some really great uses of color throughout the thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a beautiful which is splash of holiday cheer. Really cool. Yeah. 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 And they, the thing that they do about it, too, it's not just colorful itself, but obviously Christmas, Christmas lights, there's a lot of colorful lighting effects, too, that are really yes. neat. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, there's also some really good uh, and not lazy jump scares that are better lead-ins to what's about to come, more so than they are for the jump scare itself. There's one cool. that I thought if- was legitimately great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. If I had to give it a little bit of criticism, I think the pacing is a little bit wonky. It, there's a long time where nothing happens, and maybe it serves the movie ultimately. But I don't know. It just kind of felt like there's a there's a there's a decent there's some maybe pacing issues, but it's still just a quality film. Yeah, not without its faults. I mean, we could sit here and I could I could list some of those off too. Um, 
I think that mine might get into spoilery territory, so I'll refrain. Uh, this is not a perfect movie. It is a very enjoyable movie, and I think that it's really well set up to lead you into the holiday season this year. I don't know any others that are coming out that are holiday-related. I'm sure we'll have some, but I don't know if there'll be any that are better. It's going to be fun to watch all the way from now through December, through the sure. end of December. Sure. Yeah, yeah. you're in so your I think window. That's a... Just take advantage of it. Yeah. Fairly hard to recommend if you're a fan of any kind of holiday horror around the table from us. Go give yeah, us a watch. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I'll just add yeah. one other thing, which is that uh, the director, Chris Peckover, he has like one or two other credits. I think this is basically his first like large entry. Uh, great job. Did you guys, th- there's quite a bit of Tilto cam. Yeah, there is. You know what I'm talking about? Um, <laughs> there is not enough Patrick Warburton because Patrick Warburton is in this motherfucking movie and he's such a creepy fucking weirdo. <laughs> he's <laughs> awesome. I love Patrick Warburton so much. I'm I'm guessing that's a similar situation. Not to not to uh, deride this movie at all, but I, I almost picture this as a similar situation to like the what we were talking about on the last episode, where it's how Scott Grimes ended up in that one movie, or how Larry Fessenden <laughs> does anything. He just kind of like pokes his head in the door, like, "What's going on in here? Hey, yeah. Patrick Warburton, you wanna you wanna roll? <laughs> sure. Yeah, he's doing a lot of voice acting and that kind of stuff these days. He's on board. Yeah, yeah." And he's fucking awesome. Predictably awesome. So, yeah, go check this out. Uh, somebody remind me, is this going to be a VOD release on the 6th? Yeah, it will be. Uh, it's going to at least have a limited theatrical release, so you have a chance at seeing it on the big screen, probably if you're in one of the larger markets okay. around at least the U.S. Uh, and then you'll be able to get your hands on it on VOD as well, so you can have it at home, ready for the holiday season, locked and yeah, loaded. The, the goddamn independent theater here in Boise is too pretentious to feature independent horror movies on a even semi-frequent basis. They has to be a really big name for them to feature it. So sure. it's not, not going to be theatrical here anyway. Wow, I like how you just took your time to shit on an institution, Jack. Fuck them. Okay. Fuck them. Should I say their name? No. First and last, please. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the feature presentation. Wow, what an awkward transition. Over at AtoZHorror.com this week, we watched 2011's Your Next, which was my pick for our entry into the Home Invasion series. And I think our last, actually, last movie of this whole round of drafts. Last right? one. Yeah. So uh, we'll uh, get into the movie and uh, what genres of horror and all that other stuff pretty soon. But being my pick, I think I have to give a 30-second plot synopsis, for do. which I am ill-prepared. That you do. And there are 30 seconds on the clock, so you can go ahead and fail at that whenever you'd please. A couple is murdered in their home. Uh, smash cut to Crispin and his new girlfriend, uh, Aaron, an Australian lady, uh, going to meet his parents, uh, his rich dickhead family in their in their rural mansion. Uh, when they get there, there's a dinner and things are going poorly. There's an argument. But in the middle of that argument, there's uh, crossbows and people start getting killed. They're attacked by assassins. They start getting killed off one by one. But surprise, Aaron is a badass survivalist who kills off the assailants one by one. It turns out it was Crispin's brothers and Crispin trying Die. to get inheritance of the parents and then aaron kills all of them and a police officer well Oops. debatable oopsie oopsie on the oopsie last poopsie. one <laughs> yeah uh, not, not bad. bad it's kind of a convoluted story it, it is yeah i mean it's not yeah it's not a ton of a story you can't really get hung up on who anyone is because they really don't matter that much and you really hit the yeah, crossbow I only remember... hard, which i appreciate and crossbow well okay 
We'll get into this and what the movie does wrong, but I do want to give a little sneak preview of my opinions on it. The officer shoots her at the end of the movie, and she goes down instantly, showing how easy this whole thing would have been for the assassins if they'd brought one single fire. <laughs> that, that is mentioned. <laughs> I know. But, they so that's the thing. That but anyway, the only uh, characters' names I remember are Crispin, because that's a weird fucking name, yep. Aaron, because she's fucking awesome and i love her and uh z yeah because her name a is weird name. a letter i believe yeah. uh i i think that ty west oh, character's name oh yeah tariq okay yeah ty west is tariq because and then there's a uh like classic old money upper crust frat boy douche named drake yes played by joe swanberg yeah and he is that's all i got yeah. this fucking movie dude there's felix felix is also in there <laughs> Tucci. All right. All right. right. So I think I nailed the plot synopsis perfectly. Eight out of 10. Which better than (laughs) most. I'll take it. Better than most. I'm in a generous mood tonight, I think. (laughs) Johnny, that's better than most. How about in? That is better than most. Better than most. I like it. Um, so what was your guys' association with this particular film? Had you seen it before? Had you not? I got excited to pick this one and, and review it for the website because um, it was kind of a blind spot for us. So, Mark, how about you? So you hadn't seen it before? I had seen it, but in a state. <laughs> in a <defiant. laughs> said state, sir. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a brownout. Mm, who knows? I had seen this, I, I let's call it one and a half times. I, I definitely sat down watched it tipped a tail once and then it's sort of just been on in the background another once or twice where I could piece some stuff together but only once fully through before this before this viewing gotcha gotcha Jacob about yourself I had never seen this movie wow but you'd heard about it right I don't know oh yeah I'd heard about it uh, I knew it was a home invasion movie and I'd heard it was good you, and you probably knew about the animal masks yes I I, I knew the that aesthetic choice at least uh, very well and I would have yeah. probably told you if you had asked me, like, best home invasion masks, I probably would have said you're next, but I'd never seen the movie. That's how well known those well, are. Yeah, they're very well known. I don't think they're the best masks of a home invasion movie. <laughs> you're going you, strangers. They're good. You're going strangers. They're good. I like strangers. I actually like the mask from Hush a lot. Hush, I was curious if you were going to go there. The, the thing is, the mask from Hush exists for like three minutes and then he takes it off. That's a problem. Yeah. See his well, mug. It's a mistake. What are you going to do? <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. What in the fuck subgenre of horror does this thing fit into besides home invasion? Because I'm taking that one. Bam, mine. That's fine, you can lay it up. That's all right. Home invasion. Yeah, I disagree. Sure <laughs> do you do. You? <laughs> this fits as squarely into home invasion as a movie could. It's really more of a mansion than a home. You know, it's like a vac- it's like a house invasion. Wait, wait, Mark, Mark, might you call it a farmhouse? Invasion? I think you could. I think you okay. should call it okay. that. Okay. A dangerous farmhouse. So, so home invasion sub subgenre <laughs> farmhouse. I think this is actually a quintessential home invasion movie, and it's almost kind of perfect just because it also exemplifies what should be about home invasion movies, that the defending party typically has the advantage in warfare and combat, and she does, because she's not a fucking idiot. Yes. Oh, we'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, Jim, Mark. Uh, Jim? Give us a home invasion. Nope. Give us another subgenre. Wow. I'll get this figure. fell apart. uh, Would you guys call this a splatter movie? No. I kind of would. It's kind of gory, but it's not a splatter flick. Okay. Well, okay. Well, until the end. Yeah, there's a... Until sure. she blenders a man's point. head. Sure. 
That one is great. Like much like Unfriended, there are various blenderings. Yeah, we'll just reuse that. That's our title. Just stop trying to be clever, guys. We already got it. And then uh, she also stabs a woman right in the head. Although that's not particularly that's not graphic. gory at all. There are multiple no. throat slittings. One of them yep. is kind of like a neck and half cutting. I'll tell you what, the nail through the boot made me squirm. Sure. I have some things. To, so let's bring this back up later. But that marks the period in the movie where they completely forgot how to do their own blood effects. And they just decided to change to brown water for some reason. Sure. <laughs> Which, so, I don't know. I don't know. Do, you, do we have a final verdict on Mark's submission here? No, okay. it's not. I don't it's think it is either. I, I, I feel kind of like a douchebag for saying this. I think... It's, it's not on our list, but this is one that if you like start looking at the movie and then you look at the people that are involved, this is a genre that exists that I don't fully understand. Are you saying Mumblegore? I'm saying Mumblegore. So there is a whole crew of people, many of whom are involved in this movie, who are basically the primary runners in the Mumblecore slash... So sub sub genre mumblecore the horror this side is so confusing genre. for me. To my understanding, I'm not what clear on means, what mumblecore is. What that means is a movie that is indie, is very very low budget. To get to your point about blood effects and folk, it, there's some bullshit about focusing primarily on dialogue over the plot itself. Sure, I kind of buy that. Um, I made a and note that's of that really that's really it. I mean, the gore as opposed to core, you kind of get it. But I mean, all of these players are here, really. Like Drake, I, Drake, played by Joe Swan. Joe Swanberg is one of the primary players there. Ty West is a big player there. Um, fucking. So you have this crew of people who. I think Simon Barrett would probably be involved as well. You have this crew of people who are known for movies that are part of this genre for whatever it means. Uh, so I think it does. It is worth mentioning, but I'm not sure how much we care about it. I feel like it's too much of a home invasion, like a classic home invasion movie and has too much plot going on for it to fit into that category as you're describing it to me because i still have no idea what the fuck it is i don't get it either i'll allow it and i added yeah. it to our list but i did add it with a question mark so henceforth if you're going to suggest it as a subgenre, it has to be upwardly inflected so is it's mumble gore mumble gore <laughs> yeah another <laughs> like so another it. mumble gore movie was uh the sacrament which is a ty west movie that stars aj bowen who played crispin and joe swanberg who played Drake. So it's, again, the same crew of people doing the same types of movies. I think they were just like, let's make our own thing. Let's, like, start some internet thing with this weird word. Yeah. Sounds like and Dumbledore. Just... I don't like it. <laughs> well done, sir. That's all I have. That was a good, insightful commentary. Yeah, yeah there's no other subgenres. No. Mumbledore no sounds like Dumbledore. Movie. You heard it here first. <laughs> it's biting analysis. Uh, let's move right the fuck up. Yeah, I don't think it's anything uh, what else. Does the movie, what does the movie do right? So much. Mark, what does the movie do right? Oh, so much. <laughs> so good. Uh, so full for you. I want to talk about one scene in particular because it kind of gets to a lot of different things. Do it, Mark. This is the scene uh, where, uh, and we already touched on this, I have no idea what the fuck her name was, the second girl l runs out of the house. Not the one where she gets her throat piano wired. So we're not talking about their daughter. We're not talking about the actual rich daughter. We're talking uh, about frankly, the girl. We're I don't know how or why this girl was there. She was Drake's, just one of the other characters. Drake's wife. Drake's wife. Sure. That the one. one who gets axed in the other house. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. 
There's a lot of things happening. This is right after the mom dies, if I remember correctly. There's a great jump scare when the dude is underneath the bed. He's already in the house. That kicks the scene off, okay? She screams, and it's a little weird because literally no one comes to help. That's the yeah. only nitpick I have to on that one. Um, but super high tension. She runs out of the house. She runs past everyone. Everyone's already in a state of shock because three people are dead at that point. The dude... Uh, Sam Warrenberg gets up, runs after her to chase her down because she's running out into the woods uh, where there are psychos. And little attention to detail thing, the arrow that's in his back hits the piano wire and he like collapses because it's painful. She continues to run. The scene that happens when she actually gets to the house, you have all you have this. OK, so you have the reflection of the guy who's chasing her in the background. So you have that jump scare and then you have the initial the like the remaining brutal Golf. He just takes an axe and goes like full on golf swing on her head. Good murder scene. And then to kind of like let the audience take it in, the guy just like sits down on the couch next to dead Larry Fessenden. <laughs> fantasy all the while, fantasy this, point though. Fantasy point. Yeah, take, yeah that is, a that's a good. One. Thank you. Yep. Uh, all the while, the song just on repeat. Nah, that's such, it's such a good thing when it's done well. And that yeah. song is a jam too. I didn't even mention that. Yeah. Now I do have to mention too. I think one of the thing, one of the things that I noticed in that scene, because I agree with everything you're saying, Mark. I don't think Sheep Mask, that was Sheep Mask, is oh, as no big idea. a human being as they painted him to be in this movie. But when he sits he is down, so overbearing. Oh my god, he is a massive motherfucker. They make him look huge. The shots. I mean, yeah, that means it was shot really well, and that's kind of what I was trying to get at. Or he's so just a in monster. That, Who knows? In that sequence, you have two main things I wanted to highlight. Okay, Mark. really great cinematography. Mm-hmm. The slow build of the hand coming out from underneath the uh, bed, the reflection of the guy. That stuff is great. But beyond that, you also have a really interesting like pacing, and maybe this is part of the mumble gore thing. You have jump scare followed by like not like just not really a reaction shot. It's a reaction shot for the audience, but the people are just sitting on the stairs, not doing anything. Right. And it all builds up to this like really highly tense moment at the end. That is like the, the climax of that whole scene is the, you know, she, her dying via ax swing. And then the guy sits down. It, it's, it's like that in and of itself, the way they build the individual kills is like damn near artistic how they're doing. Yes. it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that could really be cool. a two-minute short and be fucking phenomenal. You yes. don't need yeah, they'd get a movie based after. on it. Yeah. They'd get a deal based on it. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Maybe they uh, did. Jake, to your to your question, L. C. Holt plays Lamb Mask. He is five foot eleven. So yeah, they that is great cinematography then because he seemed like a gigantic human being. Well, that's the and that's terrifying. a Tom Cruise effect. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, done yeah. really well. He's like the primary antagonist throughout the thing, right? He's the one that keeps yeah, the coming other, back. The other two and don't play mu- as much of a role. I mean, I think that they they all play a role because I you can very easily recall their memorable masks, each and every one of them. But he's the one that you really think back to. So that's an well, interesting yeah, point, and- actually. Do you, looking back on this, can you differentiate which one was which? Because I am mm-hmm. completely incapable of telling you which one Lamb, Fox, or Tiger did. S- totally. So, yes. For me, Lamb Mask was the clear antagonist to me. He's the one he that the she gets into fights with early and often, and he keeps fighting back. And it's he's the, the overbearing. He's shot giant. She kills Tiger Mask really quickly. Okay. 
fair. And well, then Wolf Mask or uh, Fox Mask. Fox, which Fox uh, Mask? He spends a lot of time upstairs yeah. in this one. Yeah, Fox in and the he's, hen he's house. He's like the only guy who talks too. Pretty much, he's you know he's expositing a lot towards the end. Gotcha. Sure. Jake, what um, do you think the movie does right? This might be belaboring the point a little bit, but I'm going to go ahead and go with... Because I made like four points. <laughs> I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go with the cast. And this might be a contentious pick, but for a movie like this to have so many cameos and roles that go just beyond cameos, I guess, with like Fessenden being a clear cameo that's just a cloud, a cloud pleaser, a cloud... A crowd pleaser. Holy Jesus. Now no aphasia. Point. Fantasy We're point. All Bam. Fantasy points tonight. I'm not getting any. Yeah, you suck. <laughs> um, Barbara Crampton, who they pretty much just cast and told her to scream a lot. Uh, be as annoying yeah. as possible, Barbara. Um, and then everyone else that we've already mentioned that are members of this mumblecore sort of movement. All of that not created clear. a very enjoyable experience for the first time viewer in me who is a fan of the genre like this is one that i don't know how it slipped under my radar let's put it that way so when yeah when you strike up this movie that. being someone that that does watch a lot of horror and you see all of these people in it it is a great nod to the genre as a whole and that makes it all the more fun because what it really is is just kind of like a i mean how many deaths do you have in this movie 15 it's in the teens yeah so what you have there is is just a really fun way to start knocking some people off. Yeah, no, absolutely. They do that really, really well. It's 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 also, Jake, to your point, and I think as a first-time viewer, this was kind of not part of why it slipped under your radar. And something that I'd kind of forgotten about is this almost has elements of horror comedy. Like, there are a lot of moments of levity, even towards the end. It's just a funny movie. So, in some places. To the point of what you were saying earlier about Mumblegore, where they focus heavily on dialogue. Yeah. Right after, right after Ty West's character gets shot in the head with a crossbow, which is, in its own <laughs> right, a great scene. Um, they're all kind of, like, hiding in the, whatever you'd call that, that, the room that rich people's homes have where it's just the entryway and like stairs and shit. Oh, it's called a parlor. A parlor. Sure. They're hiding in the parlor or maybe a foyer. Um, Don't say it like that. And they're while sustaining crossbow fire. That's still happening. They are arguing. They're having like a sibling rivalry argument about who can run the fastest and other shit. It's so good. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's great. Yeah, he's got, he's, I got he's, a fucking crossbow bolt in my back. I'm the yeah. fastest. I would be the fastest, but I was just shot, so I, I can't. Fat jokes are made. <laughs> yeah. Crispin is so sensitive about his weight. Well, you know. He looks like a guy. That's what guys look like. He's actively planning his family's <laughs> murder, so he's probably not in his normal state of mind. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I, I'm sure the rest of the time he's very comfortable in his body. Absolutely. You don't get a girl like Aaron not, without... It, not in that. There's no way... Okay, pause. There is no way he's comfortable in that relationship in his body, given how much of a badass she is. She it dominates, frankly. Can you imagine yeah. what their sex life would be like? He would just get. Oh, there, it would. I, oh. I, I, I'm. There'd be plan crying. on imagining it tonight. There'd there are crying. there are blindfolds. There's a horse bit. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Various chains and ropes, man. apparatuses. There are apparatuses yeah, I mean, at the very least. Yeah. Look, looks oh, aside, they they are. Very incompatible people. And then there's the looks. And Sharni Vincent Vincent is unreasonably more attractive than him. Well, that's not fair. Cue to, cue to the guy who plays Crispin being like, hey. Well, 
I mean, props to him. <laughs> Outkicked your coverage. Hey, look, buddy. I know I know a little something about outkicking your coverage. So, <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't. I'm not saying that's his fault. Just uh, sometimes you get lucky. Fair enough. Smooth transition back, Jack. What do you think this movie? Yeah, buddy. Right? Oh, and it's a perfect transition because Sharni Vincent in this movie, Aaron, is an unstoppable fucking badass. Mm-hmm. Her character is amazing because she's kind of just a believable character, like girl you're bringing home to meet the family at the start of it. But and it's it's not an instant escalation to her being capable of anything. She's fighting hard. She's getting hurt, but she's still doing the smartest thing in every possible instance and being smart and strong enough to fucking win. And it's so satisfying. What do you think of her backstory where it's just like halfway through the movie and they're like, dude, what uh, the, how, how the fuck are you doing this? And she's like, oh, I was randomly raised on a survivalist compound. So there's a couple of things. There's a lot of those up in Idaho, right? Really? And I, yeah, oh yeah, especially up near fucking where I went to law school. There's well, Jack, all, there's, there's a lot of a lot of different things in Idaho, not all of which are good. <laughs> I know. And I'm saying probably none of these survivalist compounds are good, but I've seen a couple of different kinds, right? I've seen like survivalist compounds where none of these people would be capable of absolutely anything except shooting themselves in the foot. <laughs> and then ones where they are actually training right. and running so drills and they're scare scary paramilitary Here's what and here's what you would be missing by comparing it to just like your typical survivalist camp. She's surviving or she was she was brought up surviving in Australia. Now, that's where automatically going to, to be miles better than anything you'd experience in the states oh. like every day just surviving oh. because there's 1000 different just, species just of being in the wilderness of Australia. Your- you're already you're already a thousand times better at surviving than being in the wilderness of Idaho. Honestly, I everything there is trying to They could have just you. been like, how did you learn how to do this? How do you know? And she could have been like, I'm from, I'm from Australia. Australia. And, oh, okay, got it. Good. <laughs> that would have been that would have been a better fucking character than what was in Hush. That alone. Yeah. I God bet damn it. she has boxed a black mamba. Guaranteed. Her character. Sure. Yep. <laughs> She's boxed. <laughs> Happened. Yeah. That's like initiation so that's... phase two, Mark. Just she is an, a character who is easy to idolize. She's terrific. Uh, I want to be as badass as her. And I think that to your point, not to like jump on it, if you were going to continue, uh, I agree with you and, and what that jump on it, jump on it. Apache. I can decide how much of my own singing I'm keeping in there. Okay. I was wondering how all of it, probably all, probably all of it. All of it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, to your point, what bum. what your oh my god yeah I'm so off my game <laughs> because of Apache I'm so off my game well bum, Tonto bum, you know, okay bum. anyway <laughs> because of the survival element they introduced with her character it leads to a very smart utilization of resources because we talk about this a lot horror movies are about the depletion of resources over time how your resources are removed and ultimately you become more helpless but she and you mentioned it jack every step of the way she does the smartest possible thing and makes the best use of what she has available to her the scene that stands out to me is where she like busts outside she doubles back after she spent some time outside i think to like try to make them feel like she went off into the woods she comes back in and then she's basically set up, ready to go. She has everything she's going to need to attack. When they're yeah. like, hey, I'm going to, I think that was for Fox Mask Guy, when he's like, hey, I'm going to go check the house just to make sure. Cause he's even thinking about it. And they build that in with them being some like military background, which we'll get into later. 
<laughs> yeah, they're not great at things. They got special crossbow training in the Marines. <laughs> we'll get God into that it. later. But uh, yeah, the, uh, the Mark, point stands. It, yeah. The resource thing, most of these movies don't do it well. I thought this did it exceptionally well. So, breath of fresh air. Yeah, she's she's terrific. Um, Mark, what else movie do you write? I've sort of already touched on this, um, but I'm going to couch this under rewatchability. Watching this on the second time around... The first two kills in particular, but many of them have this same trait. If you don't know what's about to happen, it's just a normal looking scene. It looks great. But like, great example, when the, uh, I think her name's Kelly, when the when the daughter gets piano wired mm-hmm. after she runs out. <laughs> I, I have some problems with that scene. That whole scene, and I didn't even realize this on the first time through, is in slow motion. So if you know that it's coming... You see her like go from she she Usain Bolt sprints directly out this door and you're like oh sister no don't do that <laughs> same thing with the same thing with the crossbow in the head kill like they don't show it for a solid ten seconds of screen time you know it's happened you see like the broken window and you see like people's reaction shots but like the way they build this movie so that it's a different viewing experience if you know what's happening versus what you know what's about to happen type stuff. Absolutely. And it makes Mark exactly to your point. There's a scene when the 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 son, not Crispin, the other son who's planning to Felix. murder the whole family. Felix. Yeah. When they're talking about, I can't get a signal. What's going on? We're being attacked. Oh, yeah. Felix is going, you know what? They, you can buy a cell phone jammer for like 30 bucks online, dad. And at first, the first time you watch it, you're like, what a clunky piece of stupid dialogue that is. But like, no, no, no. He's trying to be like, no, this is a normal thing that's probably happening. You shouldn't think that much about it. It would have been funnier if it was like a more specific amount of money. He's like, you can get that online for like thirty four seventy five plus shipping and handling. <laughs> yeah, it would have been awesome. But that's that's exactly, to your point, Mark, a line of dialogue that is much better on repeated viewing. Yeah, there's a lot of knowingness to the construction of this movie. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Jake? trying to think if there's anything else that is a wide sweeping glowing recommendation while you're thinking i have a few points of general discussion kimosabe the jump on it the uh opening scene you get the the cold open whatever three or four minutes where it's larry fessenden and his hot college girlfriend being murdered and then you get, as I said earlier, you get the reveal of them being murdered when the wife of the son or whoever the hell, however she's related, comes back. Is that scene when she comes back better or worse if they don't have the cold open? Like if she just stumbles on another place that has your next written on it and there's two dead people in there. So I think that Mark again comes back Good to question. what you were saying. That scene establishes that why, I mean... It, it first makes you think that they're just serial killers to try and throw you off the scent a little bit. And then later comes back as they're trying to show that they weren't just doing this for the money, that it was serial killers who killed this family. So I think you need that cold open in there. You need a scene of them killing. What? I thought, people. no, I thought that was set up so that there would be no one that they could run to. Because that was like well, the only neighboring house. So they had to kill these tangential people. They did. Oh, I thought it was to make it seem like it wasn't just targeting this family so they could get the inheritance. I don't think they yeah. cared about that. No, there is a line of dialogue that it that is to that effect of okay. like I can't remember who says it or where it is, and I actually didn't even catch it on the second walkthrough. I just remember it from the first time I saw it. <laughs> oh, good. Um, but they do specifically say they killed the neighbors so that it would throw people off, as it was like a chain murder and not just this family getting murdered. Got it. And I think the cold open serves to throw you off on your first viewing. 
uh, as as the viewer, um, that they are. This is just it's not any kind of twist happening. These are just crazy guys killing everybody in this area. It's not yeah. even the point. You can't not have the cold open because you wouldn't have enough of the Fessenden. <laughs> Although that would be the <laughs> perfect Fessenden role. You just randomly just show up at the neighbor's house. And he's a he's a corpse just sitting up with no shirt on on the couch. <laughs> I like more of the Fessenden. Shut the fuck up. I just want him to never change his IMDb picture. It's the best yeah. thing ever. Did you uh, yeah. come up with your what the movie does right, Jake? I think we touched on my point of view. No, I, I think I I think we've pretty well hit on on every. I mean, I'll go ahead and go with the 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 violence. Like, I don't really know how else to pot it. I mean, it's not always great effects. There are instances where it's not great, but the sheer level of mayhem and murder frankly in this movie is astounding there's only one character that you see on screen during this movie that survives there's one and she may not even live spoilers (laughs) who knows yeah but you see a a ton of people bite the dust in pretty heinous ways a lot of the time i think escalating ways i want to jump on this because this is a very 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 important point you're making jake a lot of these movies that have more than I'm just going to arbitrarily paint the line at about six people and they all die. You have a scene where the screenwriter is just like, fuck it. Let's have a shooting spree or something like that. Um, so we can kill off a few more. Right. Yeah. Black Mountainside has it. Uh, the Belko experiment. Is oh, a Black very Mountainside bad. has it. Well, I'm just, I'm just kind of, re- these are just no, the ones that come to mind, but there's, <laughs> there's literally just like you lose track of all the characters. They can't figure out a good way to kill all of them. Every single kill in this movie has its own arc. Sure. I guess you could yeah. kind of say that the lat, the uh, Z and Felix or whatever, the fight scene at the end are kind of couched together. They're, but like they're ultimately, a package deal. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's a fine. it's a package deal, and they're two different kills. And that's what's really impressive about this movie because a lot of times, if you have that many characters, you lose focus. You get like three or four good kills in, and then the rest of them are just kind of like, and they all died. Whatever, don't don't worry about it. Yeah. No, absolutely. And and on that point, I think the last thing I had that the movie does really right is the the editing. I think is is terrific. There's so much of action movies and horror movies. The action in horror movies nowadays is cut all to shit. So you can't tell what's going on or you're pissed off that more people aren't doing the same thing at once or anything like that. But that scene in the kitchen where she's fighting both of them off, it, it shows you enough long cuts to like subdue enough of this guy to move over here. And you see exactly what's happening the whole time. And that's really good and really well edited. It's a solid fight scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Really cool. Should we move on to what the movie does wrong? Absolutely. We've been gushing for a little while. Jake, you're making a face. We'll start with you. I'm going to go back to what I mentioned a few minutes ago about the killers in this movie and their military background and training. Uh-huh. Uh, if you have three veterans working yep. together against a relatively unarmed family and ultimately only one that's worth any amount of salt, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not gonna. It's it's still a cakewalk for these guys. Like these guys are not exhibiting any of the traits that you would expect for someone who's seen combat. To I don't exhibit. know that I wholeheartedly agree with that. Mm, I think they aren't. They aren't. They would not be splitting up. A at that point when it gets true. down to survival, they would not be splitting up. They would not be turning their backs to any amount of open space, knowing what That's she's true. clearly capable of. It it devolves to a state where their stupidity is not believable to me in fairness. Maybe they were dishonorably discharged in fairness to the movie. <laughs> we don't know what they are, so it's hard for us to weigh in, but I mean, 
Unless they they're accountants. Green Berets or Navy SEALs or Delta Force or something. They might not basic tra- get, like, I still feel like basic training would get you far enough. I mean, maybe. Check your six. Check your six. Yeah, it's right there, Mark. Okay. Come on. He should have checked his six. <laughs> there is one scene where he goes, I think this is when Fox Mask dies. He clears the room by sticking his head in. <laughs> That's yeah, not, not he doesn't even bring his arms in with him. He just bends at the waist and sticks his head horizontally into the room. <laughs> I don't doesn't think they teach that. That's not a basic training maneuver. No. No, it's no. not. Yeah. No amount of Yeah, and, and I agree with that. Um, yeah, that bothered me more than it probably should have, but I in movies like this where it comes down to and I, maybe it's it's a testament to the the believability that's inherent to the home invasion flick but i find it picks in elements like this like it was the same thing that bothered me ultimately to a point where i don't think i would have i i still wouldn't recommend hush this bothered me more than it probably should have because it did everything else so right that when i felt like i couldn't believe those characters near the end i had a problem with it sure sure um there's there is some of the writing stuff like that, that kind of gets to me too. Kind of along those lines are the, I mean the 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 garrote tripwire trap that mm-hmm. they set up, which only works that only if the works. sister runs. And yeah, that only does that if somebody sprints at full force from inside the house with enough to the, like that only works in the exact situation that the survivors chose to employ. Yeah, and that probably isn't going to happen. And if if you're going to set up a tripwire like that. They've set up traps on every possible exit to the house, not just that. The, 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 the kind of pre-planning and carefulness evidenced by that particular trap is not indicative of these guys planning the entire rest of the movie. I want to see the alternate universe version of this movie where they're just like, okay, let's stealthily go outside, and they just walk outside slowly, and one of them kind of like bumps in. It's like, what the fuck is that? This is a mile inconvenience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This, that, whoa. Give me that knife. <laughs> fuck this thing. It also must have been set up on two posts, right? Maybe like twelve feet apart out there, because there was a kind of a clearing. I think I think there's two columns on either side of the door. They wrap, but it's around. a ways out the door, so so it's even less so. Like it's just I don't know. So that that kind of thing is just it's a cool shot, but it was uh, sacrificing the the writing in service of the plot a little bit or in service of the shot. To, I think we're all kind of saying the same thing. I'm gonna throw a few more just internal logical flaws out there. Why do the well? I, I, this is occurring on both sides, the bad guys and the good guys. Why does no one travel in pairs in this movie? Everyone's yep. just like, "Well, I'm gonna go get something. See you later." It made Peace sense out. to me. It made sense to me when you had. I think it might have been like right after piano wire death, or nah. I, I can't remember when it was, but Felix. There's was a lot like, happening in this movie. Felix was like, "Let's let's split up." You know, he was trying to separate Aaron from he i guess that's true right yeah Uh, it makes sense crispin too perniciously yes (laughs) uh another one why okay they're they're having crossbow bolts rain down upon them while they're at dinner why is it so fucking hard to crouch when you leave the room like everyone is just standing up and walking upright out of the room and they're like holding chairs so they don't get shot it takes aaron to yeah yeah it's uh Uh, this family has notoriously tight hammies (laughs) <laughs> okay they have back problems yeah yeah uh these assassins work on credit apparently oh okay so this guy's worth <laughs> they talk about 500 million dollars in the movie yeah right 
They're, from what I can tell, the math of the movie is that they're doing this job for less than a million dollars. Yes, 200000 each, as I recall. And the guy's worth and the guy's worth half a billion, and you agreed to two hundred grand. Well, he might not have told him what he's worth. If you're a guy like that, it's probably you can Google it. <laughs> well, these guys aren't thinking very much. I mean, they agreed to take this job on credit. Well, number one, there. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm not sure the financial discussion. I'm not believing that they had like a heart to heart sit down jam session on how much they were getting paid. No, definitely a not. A jam session. Jam sesh. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Let's work this out, dude. I gotta keep it colloquial. Sure. <laughs> Talk like the kids. Yeah, totes I don't fam. Think they even use that. No one uses that shit. Uh, what else we got on the uh, the front that the movie does wrong? I think there are plenty of like minor plot stuff to pick apart. There's there's plenty of but... those. Uh, about halfway through the movie, I already talked about this with the at the nail scene is when it happens. They have good blood for like ninety percent of the movie, and then all of a sudden it turns into like shit water. It's it's like brown. It's not even corn syrup. It's just brown water starts gushing out of people for some reason. Uh, Fax guy was drunk that day. <laughs> I mean, he might. I'd believe it. I wouldn't blame it. I didn't actually notice that at that particular scene. I did notice it a little bit later on. So it's, not... it happens, the two big ones are uh, the nail in the foot, and then I think the other one was when she kills, uh, I think it's the blender later. Yeah, that one is, is a little bit rough. Uh, the blood isn't great from the blender, but I, I thought the boot, nail boot worked for me. I thought it was really well done. And, like, the sound effects with when he's sliding it out of his foot. <laughs> I did make a note, and I don't know if it's for the better or worse. There are a lot of sound effects in this movie of people pulling things out of themselves that are just, like, the yeah. most insane fully art. When she's in the woods pulling the shard of glass out of her leg, and it's just like... <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, there are a lot of scenes where it's like, oh my god, it just keeps coming. <laughs> it keeps having sound. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Jake, what else? What else you got? Who does right? What it does wrong, you mean? Oh, yeah. Way past that segment, dude. Um, I have more things whole, to say about what it does. Not a right. whole hell of a lot outside of like the nitpicking elements that we were talking about. If, if Mark has a big one, I'd rather have him continue on that front. It sounds like he has a big one, and I don't really yeah. have another big one. Next, uh, on the... Right or on the wrong front? Oh my god, we're on the wrong. We're, we're on the wrong. I confused right. you too with my being. Uh, I I need second. to rewind at the end of this to talk about what the movie does right because I did skip over one big one. But oh my god, <laughs> good. I I'm with you guys. There's a lot of internal logical stuff we can nitpick. I don't have a huge. I don't. I don't have any major problems with this. Yeah. I mean, besides not bringing a gun, we're, we're not here to continue yeah. <laughs> to nitpick. Some Jack, you, you said something earlier that they do talk about why they're using crossbows, and I don't remember that line of dialogue. No, no, you said that. Oh, Jake said that. Oh, God. Oh, someone said that. <laughs> I did not say Apache? that. Apache? Was well, there... There's literally what? no way we can find that out. <laughs> I, don't remember, I don't remember saying anything about crossbows. I remember saying something about guns. Okay, say that. Yeah, say that. I... <laughs> There was a line of dialogue that addressed the fact that the family did not have guns. I'm assuming that Felix or Crispin or someone said, no, nah, we don't have guns. It's fine. Oh, I don't mean them. I mean the attackers. Yeah, they should have probably I mean, brought like, some just in case. And, and it I was feel like, so... I feel like they were probably just... I, I, I know you can silence a gun, but I feel like they felt like that would be the most covert way to go about things. 
Well, and also the most, I think it's kind of in the same boat as what happened in Hush, right? It's also the most, like, home invasion-y. Sure. Right, and they're trying to make it look like a home invasion. Yeah, they're, you know? exactly. They're <laughs> cognizant of the fact of what this is going but to look like, and they're trying to make like it look the movie like... Was... The movie was almost poking fun at it with just how instantly she drops when the officer shoots her from a window at the end of the movie. It's just like, see how easy that was? I didn't even you think see? about that you at see the time, how actually. Easy? <laughs> oh, that was the only thing I thought. It's just like, Jesus, that's all it takes. That's it. That's all you had to do. Uh, in lieu of continuing to talk about what the movie does wrong, I have a question for you guys. <laughs> In 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 the movie, she Aaron at the very beginning of the onslaught grabs a handful of like kitchen utensils, knives, and all this other shit. I'm pretty sure I already know Jack's answer. In this situation, are you more of a knife guy or are you more of a mallet guy? Knife. Well, duh. Always knives. Okay, yeah, you'll you'll be the guy who duct tapes a knife to another knife to make a super knife. <laughs> well, to be clear, I think I would use a meat tenderizer, no problem. I just always have access to a knife. I don't have a meat tenderizer in my pocket. Oh, so you'd be the guy like, I don't need it. I already got one. Or two or three or however many. Yeah, you take the meat tenderizer. I'd be the selfless guy. I got you guys covered. <laughs> I brought my own. <laughs> Mark, here's a meat tenderizer. Old, old Faithful, you whip out the bald eagle knife that you have. <laughs> I do have a knife that has a bald eagle painted on it. That's what I'm referencing. It's terrible. Jake? Yes. Do you care to answer well, the question? Yeah. What was it was an question? open forum. Oh God, you want me to answer that? Yeah. Uh, probably, I'll I'll go mallet. Let's <laughs> so make you knew what question he was talking about. Yeah, I mean, no, you I, don't I have to go ex- with those two. No, I just didn't utensils. expect that I would have to engage with Mark again on this podcast. I'll go engage with, with Sorp. <laughs> you Let's could go mallet. You could go whisk. Oh, it's this is. Oh fully, yeah, whisk. Pick a whisk. That's a great option. I could actually. You know what I picture is I see I see Jake double fisting spatulas. You know, and just kind of like, <laughs> just slapping you to death. Slapping the shit out of someone. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I, in in fairness, I might also be like a broken bottle guy. Because those are going to be in the kitchen okay. for sure. I don't think that's... Those are going to be anywhere pan, we are. Frying pan guy. I'm a frying pan guy. Oh, there we go. There we go. Okay. I'm going to be the grandma Peach. in this scenario. That makes sense. We're fine. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with being the grandma. <laughs> Mark, I'm picturing you more as the, uh, like, Jackie Chan when he gets his hand on a paper fan <laughs> type of guy with the two whisks or spatulas. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a three-foot-long piece of rope and, like, the Doing the absolutely nothing. Getting nothing done, but you're sure pissing them off. Yeah, I'm, like, throwing teacups at them. I'm going to use the doilies yeah. underneath the tea kettle from in, like, special ways. Yeah. Uh, briefly back on what the movie does right. I love the music <laughs> in the film. Uh, that's what that's the one I wanted to bring up. That. So obviously the the one on repeat that, that that's actually diagenic is a fucking jam. But yeah. when the techno score comes in, like at three quarters of the that, way through. And it only comes in when Aaron is winning. Like it starts to build when Aaron starts winning. And it, it's great. It's like the 1980s deedle doodle deedle doodle. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, great score. Phenomenal choice. Well done all the way around. <laughs> uh, and on that uh, totally neutral and unbiased note, should we go to ratings? I think so. We over at Z Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how Mr. Kruger would rate how worried about it he is. This is a huge project involving 
Lots of numbers and papers and folders. Uh, I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> Let's get started. And for 10, think about Jacob, who'd rate his hotness in comparison to you. Let's face it. I am hotter than you. Story is the first category in which we rate these movies. Uh, this was my pick. I'm going to rate it for story, and I'm going to give it a 7. Uh, there are some nits to pick, like we talked about earlier, but for the most part, this is a really fun original take on the home invasion genre, which is a genre that is very well played out and very well occupied and one I don't enjoy a whole lot particularly. So I think this is super unique, not without its faults, but uh, benefits from some very good twists and turns and is also getting points for increased watchability upon repeat viewings like Mark said. Mark, what's your story score? I also gave it a seven. This is basically The Strangers, which I would have given probably in the five to six range uh, with additional added twists. They invest a lot and the first half of the movie in order to pay off stuff story-wise in the second half of the movie works out great but yeah like you nice. said lots of nits to pick perfect rating jake how about yourself Not perfect uh it, i gave it a six it mm. the twists are good the twists are necessary because it's a very simple story like this is really just there's a home invasion and you get the added element of there being an inside man who's trying to inherit his family's money. That's really all you have going on here. So better yeah. than some I like that. Okay. Yeah. World building and immersion as our second category. And I'm going to give it a six for world building and immersion. Wow. I think it's very strong. Um, the thing that I think <laughs> this so movie you gave does it a so six. well. <laughs> yeah. D's for degrees, baby. <laughs> Yeah, okay. worked for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the the thing I think this movie does so well is it keeps me engrossed across a lot of different things happening. A movie like this that shifts in tone a lot is it's easy to lose you, but this one keeps me invested from the really tense action scenes to the really fucking hilarious scenes. Like at the end of the movie, I'm super invested in Aaron killing the shit out of everyone. And then that conversation between Aaron and Crispin happens after she's heard him admit to being a part of it on the phone. And he shows up and he's like, if we got to work through some stuff and you got, I totally understand. I totally understand why you killed him. That's okay. It is, uh, you know, whatever we're going through right now, we can get past it. That's fucking hilarious. That scene it is. And it, it sucks being too. And it's rare that a movie can keep me engrossed across tonal shifts like that. And this movie does it. So it gets points for that. Six. Okay, that was a lot of cognitive dissonance that just happened. I gave this movie a nine. You just <laughs> gave it a six and talked about why it was so awesome for five minutes. Wh- why okay. Why isn't it higher? Uh, number one, home invasion movies don't do that much for me, uh, typically. Um, also, there are a lot of nits to pick that pull me out periodically throughout this thing that keep me thinking about stuff that isn't the movie. Um, and they're, they're fairly prevalent. So it's just, uh, I don't get all of that engrossed with it and they don't do a whole lot to build a world it's kind of just generic house in the in the rural area so that's why all right i i think they did uh, as far as world building goes i don't know what you're really looking for in this genre they i think they do a great job of the house uh and you that's also what I'm saying. i don't i think that i think it is limited by the genre yeah and you do you do get like an interesting sense of place as the running through the woods to the neighbor's house thing occurs uh, so there is that too. Like I said, I gave it a nine. I find this movie to be incredibly immersive. There are a few logical gaps uh, that you can that can kind of take you out, but ultimately, exceptionally watchable movie. Sure, Jake. Uh, I thought this movie really suffered in this category. It was dog shit. Uh, I gave it a nine as well. 
<laughs> this is a movie. The dialogue. Look, the dialogue was great. That's if we're gonna sit here and harp on the whole mumblecore thing. That's one of the hallmarks of the genre. And I did think that there was plentiful uh, instances you could point to where the dialogue between the characters is pretty well acted out and done so in a natural way. Uh, this is of all the home invasion movies I have ever seen. The one where I can point to a character acting the way I want them to act, which yep. really helped with this category. And that kind of lumps in with the whole rules thing. Like there were instances to your point, Jack, where things did happen that pulled me out. And that's why it's not the perfect 10, but it's really goddamn high. And well, I was surprised at how immersed I was. Sure. That uh, you guys talked me into it. I'm bumping it up to a seven. <laughs> yeah. You should bump it down to a five. <laughs> so Jack gave this a three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scare factor. Is up next, m- m- me? I was going to say Mark, but then I think it might be I've been going first <laughs> in this particular system. I'm going to give it a five for Scare Factor. Me? I think okay. the villains aren't particularly terrifying. And part of it is just, it's not that scary because Aaron is so fucking awesome. But the gore is really good. There are a couple of good jump scares. And it is a scary situation, especially when you think they're well prepared enough to be prepared for the very unique situation of somebody sprinting out the front door at top speed already. Who is exactly 5'9 um, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That ends up not being the case, but that's fine. It's still scary. So, 5. Not, meh. I went a little bit Mark. higher. I gave it a 6. Uh, it's mostly jump scare related. The The way they build to a lot of the deaths is remarkable, uh, but is primarily only notable on the second watch, which I don't know if that's really a plus or a minus. I guess I'd, I'd couch it into the minus section just because I feel like a lot of people probably haven't seen this movie. I mean, if Jake hasn't seen it, who has? He's the ultimate hipster. <laughs> Maybe that's why uh, I haven't seen it, Mark. No, Jake only watches movies that nobody else has seen. One other so. thing that is interesting is that I don't. I think this movie actually suffers... I, I think it's better in the long term, but from a scare factor standpoint, I actually think it suffers a little bit be, by illustrating the, the people as not psychos. They have a motive. They have... Yes. You know, they're getting paid. That's one thing that's like great about the strangers is this is just random act of senseless violence. Yeah, there's no backstory. You have no fucking idea. So mm-hmm. while I think it's better, the movie is better as a film to have that plot element. The scare factor does suffer there. That's actually well put. Thank you. I Jake? I agree with that point wholeheartedly. Um, I gave this a four. I think that the scenario that is painted from a sheer like violence and mayhem and why is this happening standpoint is a scary one, but you're just kind of watching it unfold. So that's not as scary. And to your point, Jack, you also, I felt a sense of trust that Aaron was going to get the shit done that she needed to get done. They built her to such a level that I was like, she's got, this is fine, which removes some of the scare. And to Mark's point, knowing that there's a motive and these, these aren't just like psychopaths wearing really scary masks uh, and doing scary things to people. That hurts it a bit, too, so that's why it's a little bit below average for me, but not a whole lot. Sure. Uh, Effects or judicious lack thereof is our penultimate category. I'm going to give it a six for effects or judicious lack thereof. I kind of want to give it a little bit higher, but Mark, I think you're right. The effects do break down a little bit, and they get, as the blood gets more and more, like they do a lot more with the blood, I think, kind of towards the end of the movie, and it gets harder and harder to believe they also do less of a good job of turning it from red food coloring on aaron's shirt to like then dried brown blood uh, half an hour later and it's, which is something they actually and do to believe <laughs> wow 
Oh, That's what popped my into my head. God. There's no songs about being hard to believe, Mark. There's not any. Uh-uh. You had to force a different... I had to force Maroon Christ. 5 into the conversation. Yep. Wow. Uh, anyway, I gave it a six. Okay. That's from that song. Mark, I gave, gave it, it a seven. Um, basically, same score, same reasons, except I was a little bit higher. One thing that I'll note here, because we haven't touched on it already, we were talking about, oh, I can't remember which podcast it was, we were talking about the canned sound bites when, like, the Wilhelm scream and stuff. Yeah. And we were talking about the uh, police scanner that just, just always, anytime there is a cop car <laughs> on screen in any movie, the same police scanner dialogue thing happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they use that here. That one. I'm a regular Michael Winslow over here. You guys don't appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, well, well done, Jack. Thank you for that. Uh, you've touched on it. This movie basically looks great, sounds great. There's a lot of additional Foley art that's a little excruciating, but other than that, it's fine. Seven. Jake? Seven, same score, same reason. Awesome. Mostly, Overall. mostly the police scanner, though. <laughs> God. <laughs> I gave it a two. Damn it. <laughs> uh, overall is our final category. And I kind of want to give this an eight, but that's higher, I think, than I gave it in any individual category. That would be correct. Uh, so I'm going to give it a seven. Wow. Okay. Because reasons. Seven with a maybe tilt up. Seven. It's great. It's a great movie. I like it. Mark? I am <laughs> surprised by this as you guys are going to be. When I sat down and wrote all this up, he gave it a I didn't I didn't see this coming. This is a 10. I love Holy shit. I I have Whoa, to. It's, this is it. There's so much. I wanted to talk about this movie for Whoa. so long. I want to watch this movie with you guys so I can point out like each individual detail that is awesome and badass. There's no major pacing problems. The characters are all great. It's well acted. It's well shot. We didn't even talk about the scene where she's in the hallway and there's a god ray coming through the keyhole while she listens to the two of them talk in the main room, which is another like <laughs> phenomenal compositional shot. A uh, corpuscular ray? Uh, <laughs> sure. Um, I think that might have to be through clouds. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, the score? You have the diagenic score of the whatever. What's the song name that we haven't actually mentioned yet? Oh, Looking for the Magic? Looking for the Magic. You have that playing on repeat over and over again, which is a jam and gets progressively more like insidious as the as the, as the the game goes on. But then you also just, in the third act, you just randomly get badass techno coming in every time she's beating that the shit out of when someone. Aaron's winning, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get like, the banter's really good. Ah, fuck it, it's a 10. I love everything about this movie. Awesome. Have you given a 10 overall to a you movie You gave it before? to The Conjuring. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I'm pretty confident I- with that duo. I gotta tell you, I'm I'm not not. Angry I don't about hate that, it, no. Which is a nice little like lean into what I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give this an eight. Um, oh damn it! <laughs> Mark just made a face. My and, favorite, like, I my did favorite thing. Look, I'm not gonna be like. I'm not gonna be like six, nine, four, seven, ten. No, my, it's an eight. My favorite thing would uh, be when you finally break the seal on your ten. I want to go first, and I want to give it a ten too. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be totally awesome. steal your thunder. Yeah, that would be terrible. Um, the 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 biggest thing holding this one back I mentioned earlier, and that's that as I get more insight into the characters that are attacking in this scenario, I begin to lose a little bit of my immersion. And that's funny because that's the highest grade I gave any of our categories. <laughs> uh, Scientifically perfect good. rating system. 
Exactly. But uh, look, this is a movie. Let's just get right into it. Mark, you, I, I get to be the voter here. Jack gave it the lowest score. Mark gave it the highest score. Mark, why should you watch this with buddies and drink beers? Go. So many reasons. Every. (laughs) (laughs) You're off to a good start. Every single, like, two-minute clip of this movie is a standalone horror short. And if you were to make a normal movie that way, it would be terrible. But the the like, this is a consistently strong both in film composition, dialogue, all that stuff, all the way throughout, but you can also jump in on it whenever the hell you want. There's always going to be something to talk about. The There are 15 kills in this movie. so And they're reasonably well spread out. So if you're just kind of sitting down, watching something, you want to talk about movies, you got plenty of stuff to talk about from the movie-making standpoint. If you want to... I don't know, play chess, because that's probably what you do with your buddies and just have this on in the background. You can do that too and just pop out and look at something for two minutes and enjoy it for what it is. And then the (laughs) badass techno comes in. (laughs) And you're probably ham bones at that point. (laughs) This concludes my argument. Jack, why should you not Um, get drunk with your buddies and watch this movie? I'm having trouble piecing together why I only gave this a seven. Oh, okay. The fact Great. the fact of the matter is I seed. I'm not even going to try. Okay. You should. Okay. There's literally no reason not to. This is great. I probably shouldn't have given this a seven overall. I'll regret that soon. Okay, have we, for the Oopsie Poopsie Award later in the have year. We, yeah. Have we mentioned that Adam Wingard is the director? I don't think we've thrown that out there. He no, gets, we he haven't even get, mentioned that. Adam he should get Mark's a lot of credit for that. I have a quick question for you, Mark. Mark, yes. you win, by the way. Mark okay. wins. Yay! Uh, I won because Jack <laughs> gave up. <laughs> Mark, you won against a seed. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, buddy. Would you like to take a minute? Do you want any like words on that? Do you want to say anything? We Speech. are Speech. the champions, my friend. Okay, you're done. Um, wow, just singing Queen. I have, I have a yes or no question. He doesn't no even question. sing that part falsetto. I'm pretty sure that was Tom Petty, actually. I have a yes or no question for you, Mark. <laughs> That's referencing a joke that occurred while we were not recording. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Go on, Jake. I have a yes or no question for you, Mark. Okay. <laughs> this or Blair Witch? You gotta, you gotta say the project now. You gotta add the project to that now. Yeah, which you're. I'm assuming you're talking about the one from the '90s. No, I'm talking about the one well, that Adam Wingard directed. One Adam Wingard directed. Oh, but you gotta be clear oh yeah, now. definitely this one. Definitely. Also, this that one. was not a yes or no question. You lose. For not identifying. <laughs> oh my God. Jake, get us the fuck out of here! You stupid this, idiot. This or no. Blair Witch? Yes. There you go. I'm not getting us out of here because we have to pick more movies, Jack. It is October, my friend. Uh oh, I. Totally forgot and about we are this, at the but I'm end, not ready for We're this. at the end of our review list, which means that okay. perfectly given when this podcast will come out, there are three weeks left in the month of October. Okay. Each of us can pick a movie. Do your best. Give it your best shot. Hit it with your best shot, Jack. Okay. Hit okay. It with An October-y shot. horror movie. And we're going to get now this look. thing, ramp it up to 11 all the way to uh, Halloween. That's the day. Who's going first? You. Then Mark, then me. Well, same, okay. no, same, no, same. who's on second? Am I going first? Okay, look. Last time we did this. Yeah, you picked a real fucking. I picked the sham. Omen because of personal reasons. Because of personal reasons that I associate with this. And the movie, I was berated. The movie takes Mercy place in had June, nothing to do with October. Record. Still am being berated. It, it, very personal reasons for me. 
Uh, so wait so fuck this could go one of two ways are you gonna pick another one for personal reasons or are you gonna pick something that actually has to do with october this time jaws 2 nope, fuck you i'm going the other direction the animated legend of sleepy hollow bam holy shit yeah okay this movie is october and halloween and amazing so jack i'd just like to point out that you picked the 1949 cartoon is that correct that's now, correct. that's a half that's hour long watch, yeah. okay Oh shit. We're gonna do a feature length Feels presentation on that. It's got pacing problems. Okay. Uh no, no, we're not. Because oh, I have an great, idea to supplement great, it. Great, great. I've actually talked about this on the podcast before. When I was the a, omen a, too. a child, but a wee boy. <laughs> uh when I was but a wee boy, um, I had a, a VHS. Um it was called <laughs> Scary Tales. It was a collection of Donald Duck uh horror stories. Horror shorts. Each one, nine minutes long. There were three of them on this particular collection. There's a whole shitload more since then that I have uh, uh, watched. But we're going to go with the original three that were on this particular uh, VHS for myself. And they are uh, Donald Duck and the Gorilla, which is a 1944 cartoon about a, a gorilla that escapes from the zoo and, and menaces Donald and Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Later went on to watch... inspire the movie The Congo. Jesus Christ. Am I We're going to watch All the Duck leaves Pimples. are brown. The All leaves are brown. Are and the sky. Okay. And the sky okay, is okay. Green. We're going to watch uh, Duck Pimples, which is another like 10 minute long cartoon. This one, uh, Donald Duck falls asleep next to the radio and envisions himself in a crime noir novel and things go horribly awry. <laughs> uh, and the third one is Donald's Lucky Day. Uh, in this one, he's a delivery boy delivering a package that, spoiler alert, is actually a bomb and then like is avoiding a black cat and a lot of bad luck stuff. They're great. We're going to watch them. That'll be a whole thing. That's like an hour long. Are they Half horror? Half hour of... They're very horror. Okay. Yes. 1940s these are horror. Un... These That's are absolutely horror. horror. Okay. We're going to watch a bunch of 1940s properties. shit. Bunch of cartoons. Shit. Okay, great. Thanks, bunch Jack. Thanks for contributing. You want to make fun of me for that fucking pick? Jesus. I mean, I feel like... How about you, Mark? I mean, we're going to make fun of you for that. Bit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I've I've already accepted my fate. This is um. Oh boy. I will admit I haven't seen this. This movie gets a lot of shit, but it is, from what I am aware, a pretty solid Halloween pick. I want to watch Halloween three: Season of the Witch. Jake was flipping you off throughout the entirety of that, and I'm very curious to know why. Mark, I don't hate the pick. I, you know. I love my, the pick. So it was my, my pick. Thoughts I didn't on have backup pick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Took it. Uh, yep. Go ahead Not and tell us why, it. and I'll vamp. Or we can so this movie, I, I feel like this movie gets a lot of shit, because obviously Halloween 1 and Halloween 2 were both Michael Myers, and then they just arbitrarily put out a Halloween 3 movie. That had nothing to do with Michael Myers. I think they were trying to go with an anthology yes. Halloween tales type yes. thing. Yes. Uh, but they never really explained that to anyone, and everyone just ended up pissed about it. So I'm legitimately curious if this is a bad movie, which it very well might be, warning, uh, or if it just gets a shit rap because everyone wanted a Michael Myers movie. I'm pretty stoked to revisit this, Mark. I like the pick. Okay. All right. I, so I love Mark's pick. I... Also hate it because it was my pick, and I had to think for a while about what I, I will now pick. Can I just point out to you two motherfuckers that you t- both picked fucking Halloween 3, Season of the Witch? Yeah. <laughs> we haven't reviewed Halloween 2 yet. It doesn't matter. It doesn't They're matter. unrelated. Yeah. Unrelated <laughs> movies. It was a perfect All right, Jake, pick. what's your pick? Good job, Mark. We were Thank on the you. same wavelength. I'm going to go with The House is October Built. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. yeah so the... 
And what does this have to do with October? It is a it is about people who are going around. I haven't seen this movie. It's about people who are going around and looking for that ultimate scare. Um, the thing that got me into wanting to see this was in our horror release roundup, which you can see, listener, on a to right now. With a high. There's a documentary coming out called Haunters Art of the Scare, and it's about haunted houses. And this is a found footage movie that is basically that premise. And tis the season for the haunted house. I think that tis. if you look at that, that is what October is in a nutshell. So why I'm not? on board. My why lovely not? wife and I are going to a uh, a haunted corn maze Perfect. coming up here for grownups only. This one. Which is rare for Idaho. Does that mean there's booze, or does that mean it's going to be like extreme scares and we may never see you again? Or is there also I porn? I don't know. I don't, I'm very unclear. I think there is some nudity. Oh, okay. I'm definitely going to be drunk. Uh, <laughs> if there is booze, I'll buy it there. Uh, and I don't know. It's it's adults only, though. I know that. I expect a full report. I expect that to be rocking It's just a key party. We're going to a key party. <laughs> We've touched on a lot of weird references in this episode that I uh, we should get the fuck out of here. It feels about time. That's yeah. fine. We now know what we're going to be reviewing throughout the month of October. This has been episode 59 now of the A to Z Horrorcast. To check out everything we have going on, head on over to a to z horror.com or come hang out with us on social. We can be found on Twitter or on Facebook. Those links will be down there in the description below. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, to check out everything the downright creepy network and the phantom podcast network has going on head on over to downrightcreepy.com slash phantom a lot of great shows over there and as always the theme music for the az forecast will be coming at you from space that is space without the a coming at you next week we're going to pick it up with one of these movies i'm not going to tell you which right now it'll be a surprise and hey while you guys are at it by the time this comes out better watch out it's going to be out go ahead and check that out too It's a good movie to get into the mood for the whole holiday season, and it will fit in the month of October. We do promise you that. So until next time, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some more movies. Have a great week, everybody. You you can do like the Wolfman Jack thing. Just be like, and here it comes, coming at you, looking for the magic by Johnny Twiddler, or whatever the fuck his name was. The fuck are you talking about?